Welcome to the Next in Time podcast, where we explore the fascinating depths of how people have the potential of impacting the world with the mission and vision of their project. Join us on this audio journey as we uncover the hidden gems of one's vision, delve into thought-provoking discussions of why they're pursuing it, and see how they're going to make an impact. If you're a curious person, this podcast is your go-to destination. Hey everyone, welcome to the Next in Time podcast. I'm your host, ST, and today our guest is Richard Hagen. He is the founder of Immersive Publishing, which is a no BS publisher focused on creating brilliant books and courses rather than stoking the egos of bland business writers. So Richard, welcome to the show. Uh, hello there, ST. Fantastic to be here. Thank you for this opportunity to say hello to your audience and hopefully deliver some value. And hopefully so, because I'm really admiring that act, that Scottish accent of yours. That's, that's that I'll probably be the you probably probably be the first Scottish person to have on. We had an Irish person before, and now it's like, oh yeah, we got a Scot a Scottish person on. So the Celts, the Celts are hard to ignore once we get in in your face. So it's lovely to be here, and I'm glad to be first. It's not often I'm a first, so there we go. <laughs> Brilliant. The first Scotsman to have to uh, to be able to speak with, so, <laughs> but Excellent. but let, I'm just wondering, like, so typically right now when you're doing these kinds of works, especially as part as a publisher, like, how do you really select? How do you create the right book, and how do you publish that right book? Usually, so I'm going to approach this from a a business book, a nonfiction book um, space. I think the. I think most business people who want to write a book or are being encouraged to write a book, um, they want to do it for reasons about their business. So they want to grow their business. They want to attract the right kind of clients. They want to shorten their sales pipeline journey, the you know conversion journey. They they want to reach more people, and and these are all um, really about themselves and their business. And uh, that's a helpful motivator for writing a book. But most people who approach the book and don't move beyond that write kind of dull, predictable, generic books. And so for us, the, the starting point is the next stage along, which is why, why should someone pay money for your book where you, you, they're going to spend three, four, five, six, seven hours with you inside their head. Why would they pay for that? What's the benefit to them on their terms? And I think that's the fundamental starting point. It doesn't matter how brilliant your story is, how brilliant your expertise and experience is. The starting point has to be, what's the reason someone should sit with your book for five, six, seven hours, what value is in it for them? And then that becomes the bedrock, the bottom line of your project. And then your strategy evolves from that rather right. than what can I get out of it as a business person? Yeah, usually people, when they publish books, they just do it for the sake of, I want, you know, if people in the past have done it very easily, they made a lot of money, they became wealthy. Yeah then he they can do it themselves so would, how would you like how would you re really debunk that myth well it, it's 
there's a, there's always an exception to that proves the rule. So uh, the it's but it's like being struck by lightning. The chances are minute. Um, but when it happens, it's a big dramatic event. And I think in the past. There, there were gatekeepers in the publishing world, so you would go and you'd have your boozy lunch and you would have to sweet-talk a publisher and, and kind of get them to buy into you and invest in you. And then only very few books were published because they were really expensive to do. Editorial work, design work, all of this is expensive work. And But then, of course, in the last 20, 30 years, there's been this extraordinary revolution in, in availability of publishing technology. And so there's platforms that let you self-publish. There are kind of all kinds of variants of publishing businesses from self-publishing all the way through to the big traditional publishers, but even they don't operate the way they used to 30 years ago. So there's almost like there's no gatekeeper anymore to quality. And so, yeah, there, you know, I think the, the the last data I saw from I think it was 2019, so pre, just pre-COVID, there were five million books published a year. Really? In, in five million. Wait, in, in 2020? In, uh, that was 2019. The figures that I've got, I need to I need to track down the latest ones. Probably in COVID times it exploded even more because everybody went, oh great, I'll finally get time to write that book now. Um, <laughs> But if you imagine that, that even if a 20% of them are non-fiction or business books, that's a million, 3, 000, more than 3,000 a day. Yeah. Just because it's easy to get out there, to get it published, doesn't mean anyone's going to see it or notice it. It's going to disappear into that mass of generic titles unless you do something to make it stand out, to, to, to do every element of publishing brilliantly. Because now... The publishers aren't the gatekeepers; it's the readers. Well, we've de we've democratized the publishing industry from yeah. having like a handful of people look through it and see and have their instincts determine whether a book's going to be successful or not, compared yeah. to let's say have readers determine whether the book can be successful or not. Yeah, the the, the challenge, of course, with that is then it's already out when readers give you that feedback. <laughs> You know, so if it's rubbish, it's a bit late to get that feedback because I think this is the thing. There is there is no such thing as a minimum viable product in terms of a book yeah. that's out there. When when that's out there, it's out for good. It goes to the British Library, the Library of Congress. You know, it's there that if people have bought it. Um, unless If it's really bad, they will throw it out, but people are very reluctant to do that. Um, I mean, they, they, tr they treat the books. Time. They treat books as a like a personal personal collectible. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, books, books, and brilliant ones. People have a massive connection to a book, which has has changed their life or inspired them or moved them. Even a fiction book that you sit and you you curl up in your best, most comfy chair. And you lose yourself in that the world of that book. Business books have a have a, can have a slightly different emotional connection, but if you can change the results they get in their world, they will have that depth of emotion. But you've got to do all that crafting work before you put it in readers' hands. 
Yeah. Um, so that's where, you know, just don't just write stuff down. Author, focus more on authoring the experience that that reader's going to have. They just do a brain dump and an info dump where you tell them stuff. Because that's what pretty much everybody's doing. And all the expertise that you've got deserves better treatment. It deserves to be published more powerfully, more effectively. And that is what helps you stand out from the crowd and the, the generic bullet points and data points and five magic solutions. You know, it's Sorry. something you'll... Yeah, because yeah, I recently published a book of my own just last week. And I can under... Congratulations. Thanks. Thank you very much. It was a... Uh... It was a it was a pretty arduous journey, going from just you know, thinking about the idea to writing the idea, editing it several times, making sure everything was pitch perfect in terms of how it's written. Even though there might be some typos, one or two here and there on the book, if if there if any if any reader could find any, but I have um, yeah, it's I realized one thing after going through this process is that you know. You can run. It's like you can put like a year and a half of your own personal efforts into it, like all the storyboarding, writing, editing, all that stuff, all that struggle. You go up and down and go through all the emotion, the emotional challenges of writing it. But at the end of the day, it all depends on if the reader. It's like how many books you sell at the end of the day. It's like that's how. That's a. It's how difficult this in the industry is in general to really it's, be successful. Yes, and it's that sense of, um, I, I mean, it's Haven's Havensbury. I I have bought it for my Kindle, but I I have I, I'm looking forward to reading that uh, yeah. very soon. So it'll be a different. Normally, I mainly do nonfiction and then do my fiction on Audible. So it'd be nice to sit down and and, and enjoy that. St. I think I think it's understand. Ev- everybody has such a romantic view around writing and authoring and being an author and the re- and yeah it's democratized now but that means that you have you're now in a position where you're not just the writer of something it's almost as the author you're now the ceo of your whole authoring business and that is every element that's the marketing that's the that's the speaking, it's the doing the gigs, it's it's all, it's arranging everything. And most people don't even think about any of those elements <laughs> until three or four months after the book is published or they've self-published it or they've done it. Actually, like any business project, all of that needs to be integral in the planning and the development period, or at least in the few months before publication, particularly for a fiction novel, you might you might want to, to to save that separation of the mechanical and the business side of it but it is if it's not approached as strategically as a business project then you're a writer of a of a book and potentially a great book but you need the marketing campaign you need the audience building activity and that that's all part of your role as author as ceo of yeah. the book or the business Makes sense. And so before we delve into more about immersive publishing, let's get to know more about you, Richard, as to who you are and what made you really become this person who you are in terms of you know, the in terms of being a publisher yourself. Yeah, so you, you you've got the, the Scottish bit out of the way. So I grew up in the west of Scotland, which was uh when I was young, quite uh uh 
quite traditional, fairly religious kind of part of the country. And I was brought up in a Catholic family and uh, lots of very mixed elements to, to my growing up, brilliant bits and some interesting, challenging dynamics. And I found myself one one night, um, I think I was about 11 or 12 years old, and the whole, it was a massive family drama slash trauma event, fighting, shouting, or people arriving, it feeling it was just a bit chaotic. And I was supposed to be in bed and I kept getting up because I'm nosy and, and I wanted to hear what was going on, but I didn't want to hear what was going on. And I was standing in the hallway of the house and kind of crying and in my pajamas and, and, and gently keep going back out, like to get, get more of this. And I remember just standing and feeling, I don't want anyone to feel like I do. And I don't know if I articulated it to myself or not, but yeah, I can, I mean, that was, yeah, that was a moment where I wanted to make a difference. And then that's been the bit that, that's eventually led to publishing. Yeah. Well, you've, you've done a lot. You've had a couple of hardships, including like you ran away from elephants. You got mugged by an well, old yeah, that that's a little bit of poetic license. So yeah, I was on a trip to Kruger, so I was on a on a, a walking trip. So it's not exactly a hardship that one, but yeah, I think I think that was a bit of guides kind of um, uh, kind of I'm just, you, I, see, scaring I'm, us to death and that. Hey, I'm just I'm just trying to just get the stories that are less hard to really exp for you to express. Okay. <laughs> that's yeah. all. I just want to say. Like yeah. you, you had hardships of running away from elephants. Yeah. You got you were, you yeah. almost you got mugged by an Orthodox priest, and then you right. So something, yeah, sure. So yeah, so yeah. This I suppose there there are incidents that have happened to me along the way. So yeah, I I, I once led uh, a kind of prayer service in the the Church of the Holy Sepulchre in the heart of Jerusalem, the site historically of the of the the tomb of, of Jesus. And I was leading some people in prayer around around the church, and go to one of these big altars, and there, and there's this uh, Russian Orthodox priest with the enormous, big, tall, black hat, just looked huge and enormous. And in our little group, were doing quietly. We were under a tour guide, and she was shepherding us around. We were in the middle of praying, and suddenly, this 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 guy just came over and just literally punched me. I mean, proper punch. The only proper punch really I've had as an adult. And uh, in, in my arm, and was shouting and, and, and screaming at me, and kind of okay, right? We'll we'll take our prayer elsewhere. So yeah, there's the, all of all of the kind of little incidents in your life become great stories to tell. Well, really, I think when it comes to publishing, you, you want to be going, how do I help change the story of the reader at the other end of this book and the other end of the conversation? Um, yeah. So look, yeah, I've got. I've got a bunch of those kind of bizarre stories, but yeah, the I think I'm, I tend to get more obsessed with the stories that we can help someone change their life and 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 create a different story for themselves. And uh, moving forward, were you ever a writer yourself? Yes. So, I started out formally in publishing uh, when I was I used to be a member of a Catholic religious order. Uh, well, preachers and storytellers, and they ran the biggest Catholic publishing company in the UK. And so from the age of 21 through until I was about 40, I was writing and editing and doing some occasional bits of management in that business. And so I was writing short form, uh, way before we had blogs, 
I was writing um, articles that would go out to half a million homes a week, and then I would be doing longer form like books and magazine length pieces. And I published it with them once small book, and then um, within our own publishing business, a couple of books that we worked on together, myself and my partner of the business. So yeah, so I've been in the authoring position, but today I'm mainly in the um, editorial, more of the publishing role, because um, I think that's where I can bring most value. But I am working on my next book, which is called Author the Future at the moment. So you've, you've published how many books ever you were saying? So we published um, in our business, we publish a whole mixture of books and online courses. So I think we're up to about between the two, 70 or 80 books, online programs and audio programs as well. So yeah, quite a few. And some of them have been very big, long projects as well. Got it. And so you never really worked on fiction before, right? Um, I haven't done fiction myself. Um, we're working actually on a, a graphic novel, black history graphic novel, which is quite fun. And we have got um, fiction books, so we've, we've literally just published a couple of children's books, fully illustrated books that um, Martin, who's my partner in the business, has written. And then we've illustrated that together, or not, not me, but our visual storyteller with Martin. So yeah, we've worked on fiction and I want to do more fiction, publish more fiction, but that's... Uh, it's. I think it's finding people who understand that there is a, a business behind publishing and 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 understand that their book isn't magically going to become a bestseller, that they need to be the best seller of their book. So, and fiction is particularly um, easy to lose money on, so we need people who are going to have the right strategy for their fiction book to work on their projects. Got it, got it. And so what usually is the big mistake for first-time authors when we're making and writing their first book. I'll stick again. I'll stick to the non-fiction space, which I know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, uh, don't yeah. Doubt. So, I think I think it is. I think it's. I I think the biggest mistake they, they make is they forget the power of what they do with their clients, and and the when they sit down to write, they immediately go to what is it I know? And they drop from being that expert at creating phenomenal results, whether they work with people one-to-one -one or on a stage in a big audience. What they do brilliantly is they create change for their audience, for their clients. But when they want to sit down and write a book, um, they've, they've not done that before. Um, and so it's unfamiliar, no matter how confident and kind of... Um, full of energy they might be on stage or with clients this is uncomfortable territory when you sit down on your own with a screen in front of you and so they go to what they know because that's comforting it's comforting for them i know all this stuff i'll just write about that but your reader doesn't care what you know they want you to create change for them just like you do with the with the room so yeah i think the biggest mistake is focusing on what they know not on writing something which is brutally focused on transformation for the reader right and so do you think it's the uh fact that those the business anyone who's in business they're mostly very they're they're mostly very extroverted in the way they conduct activities and but writing is something only writing is something where they have to trigger their introverted side and just be like 
they got to trigger their focus on just get thing, get this thing written down on paper or something. I, I, it, that's a really interesting angle. I haven't really thought about it in terms of introvert and extrovert. I think, um, I might be tempted to think of it as the difference between being in front of people and what you know presenting at them or you know looking face to face with somebody and seeing their body language and responding and and being very focused on that side of things whereas actually you you need to change position as a business writer who wants to create a, a change book is actually you want to be in the mind of the other person more than you are in your own mind and and you want it because literally when someone's reading your book they're reading your words inside their head in their own voice so you become their voice so you need to write in a way that that it's going to really connect and 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 touch them and it's not going to disconnect because if you start saying i i did this and i did that and that isn't what they did you are creating distance and detachment rather than connection. So yeah, I think that that it would be introversion, extroversion can be part of it, but I think it's it's almost that willingness and an extrovert, I suppose, maybe have find it tougher to go and do that work that, that puts them in someone else's shoes quite profoundly. Right. And so regarding your venture, um, what is it that what what is it that you're building that really separating from other publishing companies out there? So a big a big thing for us is that our kind of mission, whether it's a, a book that we traditionally publish at our cost, or it's a commercial project around a business project, is that we are authoring the future. That's a, the underlying kind of mission of the business. That that the projects that we're involved with, the people that we work with, the business owners and experts that we work with they are about creating change they want to scale their impact to stand out from the generic crowd of experts in their field and they want to be able to story sell their change powerfully so that they have a massive impact and leave a big legacy and so for us we do that in a couple of different ways so we have online development training programs for people who want to write also the first book or those, those I think in the business context that that know that I have all of this value inside of me, and I'm and I'm not reaching the people that that can benefit from this, and we help them essentially create unique intellectual property, their own system, and then when they've done that value work, then we help them build a five-year plan of books, online courses, even to the level of being able to franchise their intellectual property practically, training. And we work with them at all those levels. Practically be becoming more of an influencer. Yes. Well, it's, it's, uh, I think it's that sense that, um, lots of people kind of chase the influencer status or the thought leader kind of got ear bunnies, um, in, in, in my hands there. So it, People chase influencer or thought leader status, and actually, um, the fundamental part of that in business, if you think of the big books that change people's lives, like Stephen Covey's Seven Habits, or if you've ever done the disc profiling tool or Myers Briggs, these are systems 
that change how you view the world. And that's what leadership resides in, is doing the intellectual work, the reflective work, to create a system and uh, what we call a paradigm that that demonstrates the world can be better. Try this filter on, look at the world through this model. Is it better? Oh yes, it is. Then go off and use that and apply that all the time. I and mean, that changes lives and businesses. That That's real leadership. And that intellectual property gives you, it, it doesn't guarantee influencer or thought leader status, but it puts it on a solid basis because people have something really tangible and experience of the world literally shifted when I paid attention to what this person was saying and sharing. So yeah, intellectual property, I think, is, is the foundation for solid influencing and solid leadership. Otherwise, you're just a collection of randomness and that could backfire quite slightly badly. So do you ever feel like what you've been through in life kind of really influenced or really uh, makes you more like wanting to really create this set of people who want to be these big people in the, in the coming years absolutely i think i think one of one of the things that that i've reflected on over the years is that um human beings are the most phenomenal magical creatures and with immense power and potential but but the way we operate in, in culture and society, it's almost like we're trained to operate at surface level. Yeah. We've got instant bite-sized learning, which is the illusion of learning because you intellectually go, oh, that's interesting, I know that, but don't integrate or do anything with it. And real learning is when something actually goes in your body and you act on it, and you act on it consistently. That's proper learning. But we've been trained into into learning or, or or a culture of instant dopamine hits and social media particularly has, has really exacerbated it. There's good elements to it, but I think that I think disruption is a big part of my mission, which is to almost like stand out and say, do you know what? Cat memes, um, kind of the latest TikTok dance craze, uh, great for entertainment, but your life has so much more to offer yourself. And as a business person, you know, you've got the ability to create a machine, a business structure that allows people to get out of that surface layer and to start massively transforming themselves and the communities and the businesses and the relationships that they're in. So, yeah, there's a there's a kind of a, a drive in there. I suppose it's a little bit arrogant, which is like, wake up. There's so much more. Don't, don't. Don't just be anesthetized and controlled by all these institutions or big corporates or, or whoever it is that, that pushes your dopamine buttons. Take ownership and step up to that. It'll be harder work, but you know, it's you're going to live rather than just exist and be okay. triggered. Okay. Sounds good. And so usually now back to writing books. Yeah. Uh, does it really matter how large or small the book should be in terms of getting that audience, getting the audience on your side? I I I think that it, it's it's an interesting one. I I think it's about how long does the book need to be to get the result the reader is desperate for. Okay. Um, so quite often I'll hear people talk about you know the the you know um, 
make your book 30,000 words, write 500 words a day, or it's 10 chapters and 10 subsections and write a subsection every day. Um, and that that's about what what's good for the writer to be able to do it. Whereas in my perspective is right, what is the transformation journey? What's the result you want the reader to get? And you write to that, to the length, and then the the needs of that journey. So, because if you only get, if you say, well, I'm going to, it's going to be a 30,000 word book, but they only get halfway towards the real result, you're going to leave them frustrated rather than, ah, brilliant. My life is going to be better. I can do marketing much better. And my relationships, I've got real tools here to use. So, no, I, I think it rather than think about the length of the book, whether it's 50 pages or 100 pages, is what is the value journey, the change journey that I need to create in this book? Because ultimately when somebody experiences that, my God, they become a real advocate and fan for you. And that's when you create your ideal clients and your, your raving fans who draw people and point them to you. You don't want them frustrated because you were working to a kind of a 500 word day timetable. Okay, sounds good, Richard. I think right now we are running out of time. So what I'm going to ask this final question would be, this final question I want to ask you is, what advice would you give to authors who are trying to start out their career and really trying to see how they can become successful authors themselves? Brilliant. So again, back to the business context, rather than thinking of writing or becoming a good writer or a great author, how think think about how can you develop you the skills and the craft of authoring and experience a world for your readers even in a business context they're going to sit with you for these hours create a world where they want to be that they know that you care for them and 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 author focus more on authoring an experience for the reader than on writing about stuff because and that that shifts your focus from you and your skill set to to the the reader um space which all the time is i mean i, I think you've picked up that's fundamental challenges to write from yourself but for someone else and for their experience yeah and i think it's it's just be patient recognize this is an art, it's a craft, it takes skill, it's not an email, it's not a blog post, it's not a case study, it's an experience of transformation. Wow, that's magic, but if you want to become a magician, you would spend years learning that craft. So be prepared to, to do the work. Sounds good, uh, Richard. Richards. Yeah, look. Looking forward to seeing how your company really takes off as a premier publisher in Scotland or even general around the world. Well, it's we're English speaking, so yeah, we can work with anyone who who, who writes in English. All right. So sounds good, Richard. I looking forward to seeing that. And thank you once again for coming on the Next in Time podcast. ST been a pleasure and thank you very much for this opportunity.
Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Next in Time podcast. We hope you enjoyed diving into the intriguing vision of our guest today. Don't forget to subscribe and follow us on social media to stay updated on future episodes. If you have any suggestions or feedback, we'd love to hear from you. Until next time, stay curious and keep exploring.